This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. I'm joined on the telephone today by Debbie Slaprizi, who is our keynote speaker for this year's Catholic Women's Conference, our seventh annual conference, going to be held at the Florida State Fairgrounds Expo Hall in Tampa, September 17th. Tickets are on sale now at myspiritfm.com. Tickets are going fast, and the last day to get your ticket is September 12th, so be sure to get on board and get yours today. Debbie, what a privilege it is to have you uh, join us today and share a little bit about your life story and the culmination of what has become a really inspirational book, The Splendor of You. Debbie, thanks for joining us today. Oh, John, thank you. This is a gift. I'm so grateful. And you know, it's always such a gift to be able to have an opportunity to be with God's people. So I'm looking forward like crazy to meeting these women, having an opportunity to be present and for us to learn from one another. So God willing, it'll be a marvelous, wonderful experience. Debbie, uh, people today don't just wake up and say, I'm going to write a book about my faith. It takes a little bit of courage. It, t- it takes living life and maybe sometimes going through the ups and downs of life to be able to put pen to paper how God is working in your life. So tell us a little bit about what led you to writing this book. What's your spiritual story? Well, you know, John, that when you just said about the ups and downs of life, I think you're so right. I think, you know, we live life. And then the book afforded me an opportunity to sit back. I'd been on radio for many, many years, had done a lot of shows, an opportunity to share with people much smarter than I am and much holier, just thoughts and sending shows and trying to pick out what works and what doesn't. But the way, and, I, and so when you when you're saying that about the ups and downs, I'm thinking about my own faith journey. I was blessed with great parents who shared the faith. My mom is just a, a beautiful prayer warrior. And you know, though, John, none of us, none of us, as my husband always says, we all take our turn with suffering, sadness, struggles, and I'm certainly no exception. But for me, what really started happening was a culmination of all of those kinds of life stories and life's experiences. And I was speaking at a women's conference, and I had been off the speaking circuit for a while because basically, John, I had come to a place that I thought, I'm just performing. Something about it felt disingenuous for me, for Debbie. And so I'd stayed away for a while and had some wonderful, beautiful spiritual direction and a beautiful sister, a Carmelite sister, who was a great help to me from my earlier years when I had lost my little girl. Anyway, the culmination of, of their direction and their spirit, I ended up going back to speaking. And it, this was my first like, let's say return. Okay. I was too old to call it a debut, but it was my return. And, um, it was the first time I was really sharing this message of splendor for women, individuals of all ages. That message had been shared with the young, but God through his mercy and goodness was showing me that as I aged, that same splendor was there for me that I saw in the young people. Bottom line, I was sharing the message for the first time in this large conference setting. And it, by the grace of God, the women were very touched by it and wanted more. And so then that prompted me to step back and with the help of, again, folks much smarter than me, <laughs> my daughter per se, who took some time, the book came about. And it's, it's really pretty miraculous, you it's- know, that it's 
that it's even happened. So that's a little bit of the story. I, I've got some age on me, John. So if I gave you my whole story, we'd need we need another couple of days to share all of that. Well, we we may get that one day uh, in a, in a future interview. I hope. Um, so it. so tell me, I mean, the splendor of you. What does yeah. that mean? The splendor of you. What happened was years ago when I was really young. This is going back into the um, 80s and early 90s, but probably more in the 80s. I was speaking a great deal with, I was young, and I was speaking a great deal to young people. And I remember I was, oh, I was given, I'd been speaking about the unborn, and they had asked me to speak on chastity to a co-ed high school. And and I think the only reason they asked me is because I was probably the only one that was under 30. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, I prayed about it, and, and I was asking the Blessed Mother for a title. And the title that just came in my mind was The Splendor of You. And I remember, and at that time, and this has evolved for me, John, through prayer, you know, and time, but that the way it began was that when I was praying about it, it was the splendor for young women to realize the beauty they carry within, you know, the handprint of God upon them, for young men to realize that, for them to both realize, you know, that they are worth waiting for and not to just throw away who they are for the hope of, you know, some sort of momentary pleasure. So the whole idea was for young people to begin to realize their worth. When I prayed about it, it came out of the idea of you are worth waiting for. But what evolved with time is that the splendor of you refers to you, John, to me, to my grandbaby, to my daughters who are adults, to my son, you know, who's adult with a bunch of kids, that all of us, all of us carry the handprint of God upon us. And that splendor that I talk about is your, who you are uniquely, who you are, John, with your, your personality, your gifts, your sense of humor, what makes you tick, all of that. It's sort of like your spiritual DNA. What makes John, John? What makes Debbie, Debbie? What makes each of your listeners who are listening right now, what is it? that makes them who they are. The splendor, it's the splendor within, and the splendor within is a handprint of God. It's who you are plus the promise you hold. That is splendor. That's the, the phrase that you use in the book, divine DNA. Yes, that's yeah. right. Who, you know, who am I? Who, at my truest self, who did God make me to be? What am I like? You know, am I shy? Am I, am I outgoing? Do I like certain kinds of music? What's my personality like? What are my gifts? A lot of people will say, oh, I don't really, you know, this one, he or she, they, they've got that gift. But when it comes to me, I don't know. The point is that God made each and every one of us with a unique personality, temper, temperament, gifts. We've all got it. We just have to plug into it. We just have to believe and started thinking, whoa, wait a minute. Can I tell you one thing? I'm, I'm probably talking too much, but I got to no, no. add one little piece. Sure. Said, okay. Yeah, okay. I remember, I remember a few years ago, there was an awesome nun. Her name is Sister Regina Marie. Okay. And I think she, I think she was the, whatever, the mother provincial or whatever, the, the, the nun in charge of the Carmelites, the Sacred Heart of Jesus in San Francisco. And, okay. I rem- and she's awesome. And I remember she was talking to me and she said, Debbie, you're a good idea. And I remember saying, oh, sister, I don't know. You know, they're kind of like, oh, well, thank you. You know, not that weird little thing that 
that some of us get. I certainly do. And she said, wait a minute, honey. She said, you need to realize you are a good idea. If you weren't, God would have never come up with you. If he started out with you and you weren't a good idea, he would have given up and gone on to somebody else. But he didn't. He stayed with you. So believe it. You are a good idea. Yeah, outstanding. So that's part of the, the splendor piece as well, John. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I haven't met a nun that isn't uh, isn't great. I mean, they all seem to have their own heroisms, as do all of us. We just need to recognize those, uh, whether they're they're small and we kind of keep them up close, you know, because, you know, that's just part of our, our personality. Our DNA is to be quiet and unassuming and other times, sometimes the mouth can get us in trouble a little bit, but we also are called to, <laughs> to proclaim when it's necessary and uh, more importantly, do the works uh, and do the, do the service uh, to others so that they'll know we are Christians by our love and, yes, and yeah. how we live our lives. I want to go back to something you said when you first wrote the book and you were addressing the co-eds at the school. Yes. You know, you and I growing up back in the, in the 80s and 70s, mm-hmm. Everything was, you know, everything was labels, you know, on our clothes. You had to be a certain style to be cool, and mm-hmm. you had to do certain things to be cool or to be in a certain group. Today, as we've evolved, social media has really evolved, especially for young ladies' self-esteem and yes. what is right. And we're, we've seen so many more these days mental health cases mm-hmm. on, for young people. And I think that's why your message is important for not only those young people, but also as adults, as we, you know, we, we worry about what our coworkers think, even if we're in our forties or fifties, or are they aging me out of the office? You know, what are the gifts that I can bring? So I think, I think what you're saying is, is very much applicable to all ages. You know, what you're talking about is just so powerful. I was just actually at a lecture with a life coach, and he was talking about the whole idea of worth and that sense of when we start having that sense of insecurity. It's all about reminding ourselves once again of our worth. And then I would take it to an even deeper level and, and, and truth, and that's the truth that possesses us, which is God which is our Lord. And once again, you know, reminding ourselves of our worth in Jesus. And the the shadow trust is so big in this. And the shadow or the dark side of trust is insecurity. So with our God, and, and when you're mentioning social media, I'm just thinking that so much of this is involved in identity. Who am I? Now, I have to tell you, I, I, I have to make a confession here. I am not a social media buff. I mean, I'm nuts enough on my own and my own life <laughs> without bringing all that other stuff in there. Right. And like you said, I think I don't know if you mentioned it, but I think in a, in a prior conversation, you talked about the pluses and the minuses of it. But I've got to tell you that from the perspective of young women, um, you know, even middle-aged women, uh, grandmothers, you know, adult women, that idea of comparison is the kiss of death. Yep. And John, you described it so beautifully when you said those worries, you know, my, how, what do people think of me? How's this? And I am somebody who has done so much of that. And that's why for me, the splendor of you continues to be a pull to me of what Jesus calls me to. 
the transformation of realizing my worth, the transformation of knowing that I am loved by our Lord. With our young people, particularly with social media, I was just thinking, you know, what what can be done? How do we help our kids who are in the midst of that? And it it just seems to me that it, it begins with letting our young people know you're worth more than this, you know, reminding them of who they are from the very beginning. And then I think it's helpful to have relevant role models other than ourselves. So if these are my daughters, that's great. I can be there. I I can do what I can do. But it's also helpful to bring in others, relevant role models, people that we admire, and be able to get our daughters in touch with those kinds of folks. And then, John, I think there's one other thing that I have found in my own life, and that is that I can so easily recognize what others need, and I fail to look at, at what I need to do for mm. me. So that idea, especially when you were talking about, I think you mentioned moms, and, and but young, it's, it's the idea that all of us, especially those that have the faith that we do the work we need to do, that we get as healthy emotionally, spiritually, and even physically as possible, that we are in harmony with who God made us to be. Now, we're not going to reach that till we, till we cross over. But in the midst of it, we can model behavior where it makes us accountable for ourselves. And we become and we work towards what we want for our young people. We want them to be secure. We want them to realize, I mean, I look at, when I look at young ones, it's so easy to see the promise they hold, okay? I'm sure it is for you as well. Mm-hmm. As I get older, it's more difficult for me to see it within myself and maybe within some of my contemporaries because we carry more baggage. But the truth is we are called to that newness. We're called to that point of loving ourselves. And th- and that's what we want our young people to do. Right. But the way I think, John, a lot of it, we have to begin to live, walk that walk. We have to live that life. We have to begin to do that work and say, Jesus, help me. You know, where do I go to learn more, to become more of who you created me to be? Mothers have to model that behavior for their daughters, grandmothers, whomever. And men, and not just women. Here I'm talking like that. It's not a gender issue. I'm just a little more in touch with women because I am one. Sure, but dads have a tremendous impact on their daughters. Oh, oh, praise God you said that. When I used to work, particularly many, many years ago with young people, the especially high school kids, the and 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 upper grade school, the huge influence, huge on daughters, and what was linked to promiscuity was the relationship with their dad. Not always, but the and when a father lets a daughter realize how they should be treated, maybe he might take her out a night, show her how what she should expect from other men mm-hmm. by the way that he treats her. She no longer has to be so needy for love. She can realize, you know what? I'm special. My dad, the way my dad treats me, that gives me an indication of who I am. The respect. There's something. Oh, fathers are huge for little girls. Huge. Absolutely. We're talking with Debbie Schlaprizi, who is the author of the Splendor of You, and is going to be our keynote speaker at Spirit FM's Catholic Women's Conference, September 17th. 
Tickets are on sale now at myspiritfm.com. Tickets are going fast, and the last day to get your ticket is September 12th. So be sure to get on board and get yours today. You mentioned it a moment ago, ladies, all of us, it's not, as you said, not a gender thing. We're influenced by the wrong people. You know, we look at those people that we want to, we look up to, it's it's Hollywood, it's social media stars uh, that get so many followers. And I think our country and maybe our world has lost the way because we have seen a decline in church attendance. We've seen a decline in spirituality overall. And I'm not just talking about Catholics, but just across the board. How do we tune ourselves back in to God's voice? How insightful of you, and the way you just described it was described just so clearly and I think spot on. I think, John, we get back to the basics. We get back to the sacraments. We get back to the sacrament of reconciliation. We get back to the Eucharist. We get back to, you know, adoration. We get back to stepping into the protection of the rosary. And we also begin to come in touch with those saints those that have followed our Lord. We have a sense that, you know, there was a different kind of person before versus who we are now. Not so. Every generation comes across its own challenges and, you know, concerns and issues. I mean, historically, we can see it. But I do believe that there's no question that we have to get back to the basics. I want to just share a very quick story, very quick, about an awesome priest humble dude, okay? Not, 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 doesn't, doesn't have any great degrees. He's, he's, he's a priest. He's, he's not a Monsignor. He is father. And this priest years ago had this small parish in our community. And, um, he literally, he literally just started offering mass daily more than once. He started having confessions throughout the week. He just started going back to the basics. John, and this man, I have to tell you, as I said, a simple priest, this man, his, that church has grown in leaps and bounds. People, you can't even find a place on the parking lot. He started (laughs) out in a little chapel. He then on this every day, because they wouldn't, you know, didn't want to open up the big church with the heating and the cooling and the expense before it was over with, we were busting out of the walls. Why? Because this simple, holy man went back to the basics. It was, it's sort of that movie. I forget, you know, you know, build it and they will come. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was a baseball thing. I'm dating my field field of dreams. Yes. Is that okay, John? Thank you. Anyway, it was like that, and honestly, we go back to the basics. But if we even take a moment, part of it too, John, is getting quiet, stepping away. We can't, you mentioned social media, we can't even get a moment of quiet, and there's no way to touch base on that compass within without getting quiet. So the world drowns out our Lord. And you said, how do we get back to him? step away. Find somebody, perhaps, and find somebody, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, I had a beautiful priest say this to to me. He said, Debbie, we're wired for a relationship. We need somebody with skin on them. Find a person that we can talk, that we can trust, that we can open up to where we are and asking for some direction, a good priest, a sister, a faith-filled friend, 
that can help us to get back to who God calls us to be. And the only way to do that is to get back on the road to our faith. That's right. I mean, he's the divine architect of our soul. I mean, God gets us. If we want to figure out where am I, who am I, what's my purpose, we go back to him. Well, Satan wants to get in the way and and distract us from those things, knowing that God's handprints are are all of us, you know, from our baptism, and we were created in the image and likeness of God. So it's all right there. But sometimes we forget about that. Sometimes we get distracted. Yet there's there's many women that will be at this conference that yes. uh, maybe have a call or have had a, a dream in their heart that maybe God put on their heart. They maybe recognize it. Is this God or is this just my inner voice speaking? Is that the Holy Spirit? You know, they don't know how to express it or live that dream out, whether it being a being a, a better employee or a, a strong leader or um, just trying to live up to the expectations of maybe a parent or someone who's put them in that position. How, how do they determine whose voice that is speaking to them, and how do they have the ability to go forth and do it, to live out that dream? Got it. Okay. That's a marvelous question, and, I, and I'll, I'll give you what I know. And perhaps then our listeners can build upon that. The Holy Spirit will provide others to build upon this. Here's what I know. That voice of our Lord is, is usually doesn't change. So when we have something, it's not going to change oftentimes because we're like children. We need to hear the lessons over and over. So our Lord's voice, it's not going to change. It's also, and, and the 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 theme you know we're never going to hear god's voice to do something that's um immoral outside of the faith nothing like that but our lord's voice also never is about us not being good enough or you know i can't do this i'm not good enough or i'll never be able to do this i think about you know in scripture when it's like speak lord your servants listening right. you know and over and over finally it was like okay god i got it speak when we have those messages that continue in the same theme and they are ones that are you know from reasonable efforts we know are not sinful um, um or logical you know or mm-hmm. and i want to be careful about logic because it depends upon our frame of reference of logic but you know are not of a dark nature, are not from the shadow side, are not about inferiority, are not about I'm not good enough. We are called to listen to that voice. And obviously a good spiritual director can help us to discern. But if those themes, if they continue, that's worth listening to. And that sense of how will I begin? Oh God, I have no idea. I mean, me when I was going to write that book, I'm not some great author. I mean, John, my background, my, my graduate work has nothing to do with writing. Right. Okay. Th- this was like, pardon me? And that's the idea is we don't do it. We allow God to do it through us. And I just heard um, a wonderful psychologist on EWTN, and he said, look at, look at things by saying, Lord, help me to take one baby step towards that. One baby step. You know, if you're calling me to do, you're calling me to do this, I think you are. You know, God, meet me in my desire. I'm trying to do your will. Make it clear to me. So, Lord, show me that one baby step I can make this day towards that. Amen. And to do that day after day before we know it, John, the impossible 
has become possible. Yeah, that's right. We are not relying on ourselves. I, I hope those those are a few, hopefully a couple of practical tips that can help us to discern and to move forward. I wish you could see me. I'm nodding my head. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, praise God. Yeah, praise no, that's God. that's right on. We got about a minute left, Debbie. Sure. What will people? What can the people expect when Debbie Schlaprizi shows up on April second? <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing they can expect is authenticity. God willing, I try to just sort of unzipper who I am and say, this is what I know, this is where I am. My hope is that what they will hear is a sense of their worth, that they will hear a sense of the truths of our faith, and perhaps a little different bent on messages that we hear over and over again, perhaps a different bent to it and a personal bent as to the worth and the next step for what they're called to be, who God is calling them to be, and a reminder, a moment for them to step away, to be able to breathe, to be able to be, and hopefully hear a voice of encouragement, a reminder from an older person of who they are, of the possibility we have, and a reminder of the truths of our faith, which is God says he makes all things new, whether you're 16 or you're 60 or you're 106. And so my hope is that those who are attending this conference, what they'll hear from me is what I am so grateful to God that I came across this saint, and it's this motto. St. Francis de Sales says, never wished to be anyone else but yourself, and do that beautifully. So my hope is that whatever the Holy Spirit allows me to share, it will be to that end. For each of our, every single person who's present will have a sense of, I am called to be me, and I am called to do that perfectly. And what will that entail? Hopefully what they'll get from me is an encouraging voice of the truth of our faith and authenticity from a woman who's doing her best to walk the walk. Again, Spirit FM's 7th Annual Catholic Women's Conference is scheduled for September 17th at the Florida State Fairgrounds in Tampa. Last day to get tickets is September the 12th, and it includes lunch, uh, mass in the morning, breakfast, uh, and then three speakers, including Father Mike Moore and Sister Rita Claire Yochis. For all the details, visit myspiritfm.com. Debbie, what a pleasure and honor it is to speak with you now. And I look forward to shaking your hand and giving you a hug in person September 17th. Oh, God bless you, John. I feel the same for you, for Marcy, for your team. Praise God. Looking forward to it. And I'm praying for every single woman that's either listening to this broadcast or who will be, hopefully, will be at your women's conference. God bless you. Thanks so much. Debbie Schlaprizi, the author of The Splendor of You, has been our guest today. And that's how we see it. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.